This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Bit of a different intro this week. Uh, just wanted to share a bit of a sad story that is close to the Crunch's heart. Uh, close to my heart and Patrick's heart. Some of you might have heard this. Some of you might not have heard this. And so um, we didn't get to talk about it last week because we just didn't have any time to like record a separate thing. And we didn't just want to throw this into an episode because it felt like disrespectful or kind of as an afterthought. And we wanted to make sure that we gave it its proper due. Um, So there's a man by the name of Bailey Lorette uh, who died tragically. Uh, about a week and a half ago and he was a patron of the crunch he was a focused missionary uh, and had been kind of involved in the crunch community for quite some time over a year over a year year or two like very involved on the crunch patron facebook page involved on the the crunch podcast facebook page even before we had those pages he was on our patreon page like posting and um he'd chat with us us yeah and so twitter and instagram um, yeah I can't pretend like I was super close with Bailey, but we did see each other at mm-hmm. focus conferences. We saw each other at focus training. We had lunch. Um, like I was, I was more than acquaintances with Bailey. Like we, we knew each other. Yeah. And those things are like big family. Reunions, exactly. You know? So it was like, we definitely considered him part of the extended right. fam, you know? Um, so his, uh, his funeral was yesterday. So we're recording this on Thursday, January 14th. His funeral was yesterday, Wednesday, uh, January 13th. I didn't send out the link. I was not, some people are very prepared on those kinds of things of like, Hey, here it is, you know, watch it, all that stuff. Um, somebody sent it to, it was sent out via focus, the focus email. And so all the focus missionaries Mm -hmm. got a link, but if you aren't in focus, there's no reason why you would have gotten it. Um, but I watched it and I wanted to share some of the things from the homily with you, Patrick, because I thought it was really, really, really good. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, his funeral was, I, I assume, in his hometown in South Dakota, and or at least where he lived for a period of time. And the priest talked about how the gospel can be summed up in two words, and those two words are come and go, and how those two words really um, defined Bailey's life. Because before he was a focused missionary, before he the, the crunch was a twinkle in his eye, um, he was super involved in his parish as a high schooler. I think he started like a, a Knights of Columbus chapter at some point in his life. Like he was always very involved. Um, That's very is, on brand. It is very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> he, he went to seminary, uh, discerned out eventually, obviously, but was, was very mm-hmm. uh, faithful in the discernment process, felt the Lord's call and actually responded to it. Um, and then kind of what got out of seminary and thought, you know, the Lord is still calling me to something. I just don't know what it is. Ended up becoming a focused missionary. He was at the university of Memphis. Um, he was originally, this is the crazy thing. Not a lot of people know this. So he on kind of focus bid day, you know, where you get your assignment, whatever mm-hmm. he was sent to coastal Carolina and then something changed. And then next day, like he had called his parents, he had started like 
getting to know his team. He was ready. The next day they said, actually, you're mm-hmm. going to Memphis. <laughs> and so he had to he <laughs> received it super well and just flipped on a dime and said, actually, the Lord is calling me to a different place. Wow. And like didn't didn't throw a fit, anything. He was just always super, super receptive to the will of the, the father. Um, and I just loved like the priest kind of tracing Bailey's life and having this idea of coming to Jesus and then going. And then going out, going out on mission, mm. going out, being a seminarian, going out, discerning the will of the Lord, going out, starting things in the parish. Um, and then finally, you know, this year, the very beginning of this year, the Lord's saying, like, it's actually time for you to come and be with me now. Um, mm. Which I just thought was a really, really good way to to look at it, especially just in terms of the gospel as a whole. Um, sorry, I've talked a lot, but the that's just kind of what I wanted to share with you and with, with the people. Um that he was just a really, really good man. Yeah, and 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 stuff like this. Um, it's a great. It is a great time to like reflect on how we have received that call. Because like the Ethan and I were talking about it um, recently, and we were just like, well, I mean, obviously he did his mission mm-hmm. right like obviously he did everything right. he needed to do obviously that his his mission is ended and he he did it well i i mean just from what his friends have said about him um and it 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 motivated me to make sure that like i do that as well and like follow in his lead and that's what the saints do you know that's what that's what this that's what like this cloud of witnesses is supposed to be about it's supposed to we're supposed to motivate fellow members of the body of Christ to to go you know and um just knowing Bailey briefly and and in the way that we did he that that's definitely how he lived his life motivating the people around him to go and follow Christ yeah it's uh it was kind of tough i went to mass I went to a wedding actually on Saturday, this past Saturday, and maybe it wasn't, I think it was a mass because they used Eucharistic prayer one and they have that space where you can pray for the dead. And before in my Mm. life, it's always just kind of been like a generic, like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray for the dead people, you know? Um, But it was really like, it hit me really hard that I had like a name to put there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I could pray for his soul. And that was, that was really tough. Like in the moment, like everybody thought I was crying because of how beautiful the wedding was. <laughs> it's like, I, yes, that's true. <laughs> and I am crying because of that, but there's also, you know, like a, a whole undercurrent to, to this, um, that a lot of people just don't, it's hard to explain cause you don't want to kill the mood at a wedding. Um, yeah, really. something that one of my friends mentioned to me was, he's he's the first ever fan of the crunch to like be in heaven and like pray for us you know like he's he's telling he's telling jp2 right now you know hopefully we can hope he's, he's interceding, interceding with jp2 that you'll finally exactly finish witness to that's hope. i've been reading so much more lately <laughs> and i think it's that's good that's exactly it but just the fact that like i know somebody that i can ask to pray for me um in the heavenly yeah. host it's very it's yes. very special to like have someone who's gone before you who you know is you know lived a yes. life of holiness. He was literally on his is, way. You know, more than likely, he was literally like he 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 died um, in an airport 
um, he was literally on his way to go to the focus mission uh, mission director leadership summit. Um, like he was, he was mm-hmm. to like have training to lead a mission trip, you know, like that's, that's where he oh, was wow. going. Um, and it's like, you can't really, yeah, it just leaves no doubt in my mind that, mm-hmm. that he, he is in heaven. Um, that's where you want to be. You know, you want, you want God to call you while you're like, you're like, oh, I'm I'm walking towards you. Did I'm do I'm going this direction for you? Did you want me to yeah. go with you instead? Like right. that's you want you want him to catch you and you want you want the master to come back when the exactly. servants are hard at work, right? And like, that's that's awesome. That's where mm-hmm. that's where he was. I mean, because because like I I mean, it's it's really hard to like do an adequate tribute yeah. for someone that we Super didn't well. know and yeah. very well. And so the friends friend Bailey's friends who are listening to this podcast are like, well you. I hope I yeah. hope I hope that our our tribute to your close friend is is doing justice. Wish, um, especially mm-hmm. especially good, especially Tracy. Like, thank you so much for reaching out to us yeah. and letting us know because it, it meant a lot that you did that because we we really we really did care a lot about Bailey. Yeah. I mean, it's like knowing seeing him. Like, I I I scrolled through our our text conversations at at Seek and. Um, me trying to get him to come to the live show and skip Matt Mars concert uh, to come to the live show. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was unsuccessful because he was uh, working the live show, but yeah. And, and it was, yeah. It, remembering, you know, the, the joyful conversations mm-hmm. that we all had, those memories are even more yeah. special now. And yeah. Uh, it's just one of the things where it's like, I wish I, I knew him better, you know, and it's like, you always wish that of like, mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I could have done this or I could have done that. Um, mm. But it's just a knowledge of like, yeah, he, he supported us in a way that like not a lot of people do. (laughs) And so it's kind of like this weird connection that we have of like this guy who was a patron of our podcast who like believed in what we did enough to like give money to us, uh, is no longer doing that, you know? And like, and it's not about us. It's not about Patreon. It's not about any of those things, but it's like, he had a vested interest in like, he believed in this podcast, you know, he believed in what we were doing and what we were saying and the conversations we were having enough to the point where like he was willing to sacrifice some of his money to give it to us. Um, while While being being a missionary, missionary, missionary like I know what that's, that's That's a significant amount. Um, and so in that way, it's just like, I would be sad if it was any focused missionary, you know, but it's just this, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different. Um, and so just for everybody listening, like say a prayer for Bailey, know that he, he supported what we were doing and that he's praying for it. And he's praying for like all the conversations that you have because of this podcast. And like, yeah, it's, this is such a small thing in the grand scheme of the world. Um, but it matters just a little bit, you know, and, and that's, yeah, and that's okay. And like, you know. what really matters is, is that we're all headed on that journey home and that Bailey's going to be there when we get there. And we just need to pray for him, pray for his soul, ask for his prayers and trust, trust in the Lord. And that's all we can really do. I wish I had more eloquent words to say, but yeah. And in, in, instead before, before we start the episode, I guess, um, do you mind no. if I pray? Never. Great. Cool. All right. And then the father, son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this podcast community. Thank you for the change that it has brought to 
mine and Ethan's lives and for the friendships that it has made that we're not even aware of. Um, I ask that you draw all of us closer to you, um, following in the footsteps of Bailey, being willing to go where you call us to. Finally, we ask for the we pray for the repose of Bailey's soul, for comfort for his friends and family. As we pray, eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon him. And may the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, everybody. Uh, please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Uh, we'll see you. And we'll see you see all you after, after the, the theme, theme music. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. All right. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick, and The Crunch is the only podcast that is also... Oops, sorry. Welcome so to The sorry, Crunch, the only podcast that is also simulcast and espanol. I'm Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Head on over to ESPN The Ocho to hear this podcast in, in high-definition Spanish. Dodgeball references um, are so 2005, and it came out in 2008. Yo soy... Patrick, I've never seen Dodgeball. I thought ESPN The Ocho was a real channel. No, ESPN The Ocho is from the movie Dodgeball. Yeah. Dang it. I feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe this whole time, every time I would say ESPN The Ocho is, I didn't know. I thought I was referencing like an actual funny, funnily named ESPN channel. No, you're. Like I didn't know. I didn't know that I was referencing a subpar mid 2000s Vince Vaughn com- Brat, uh, frat pack comedy. Vince- yeah. Vince Vaughn. Let's talk about Vince Vaughn for a second. What's he doing? He okay. So Vince Vaughn has the name of someone who is chiseled like an Adonis, but he has the body of a dad and has had the body of a dad since he was twenty. Vince Vince Vaughn has the best wrestler name and just has never used. <laughs> You're that. right. He's never he's never utilized the fact that he's got he could go into WWE and not need a moniker. He could just be. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn has been himself in every movie that he's ever been. I think that's, I was just talking to my friend Kevin the other day, as in about 10 minutes ago, about how this whole like, ah, trying to get an engineering job after focus thing is just crap. I should just become an actor and make millions of dollars. What was I thinking? (laughs) I know, I could just be myself. (laughs) I'm such a moron. I know. (laughs) You ever thought about making a TV show with me? Um, yeah. This podcast. When are we going to do that? I, I mean, listen, Catching Fox just didn't return my calls. Catching Fox. They, they just didn't want to make TV, a TV show. Catholic TV followed me on Twitter before I, I, I realized my hubris and I burned it to the ground. Catholic, Catholic TV followed me on Twitter as well until I realized they were just, they were just teasing us and they, they, weren't, they weren't actually going to. They were, just, they, were le- they were stringing us along. We were on their hook. They were. You know? I know. They were like, we'll were give you a TV to- show. You know, yeah. Oh, look! Look at this look cute little guys doing their. Thing. Yeah, they did that thing that brand accounts do when like someone tweets at them uh-huh. a goofy thing and they like play along for the bit. Like, hey, Wendy's, if I get X amount of likes, will you bring back spicy nuggets or whatever? Yeah. Except Catholic yeah. TV can't bring back spicy nuggets because they only spicy think nuggets. about themselves. And they can't bring us. They can't bring a Crunch TV show live to air because they would have to edit out a lot, and it would just be two minutes it'd of you and me much. sitting there. Yeah, I mean, it we be, we don't tough. have an imprimatur. 
We failed. We don't. That we try. We did. That was the thing that was going to send us over the top. All of those transcripts was, that are somewhere in an oh. office in Japan are the reason why we aren't at the top. That the reason why we aren't number one on the iTunes charts, like Father Mike Schmitz, is because of that uh-huh. that transcript company in Japan. That's why they got us. For those that for those that don't know, like three years ago, Patrick and I were really trying to like, I don't know, make the podcast huge, and someone. Uh, from a an apostolate here in America. Shout out Alex still listens. Sh- shout out Alex still listens. Um, didn't know if he wanted his name dropped or not, so I didn't. Well, anyway, he was like, "Hey, we're gonna take all of your podcasts that you've ever done, and we're gonna send them in. And if you guys get like a a, a nihil obstat or an imprimatur, then we could like move forward a with like sensor laborum. A sensor laborum. Excuse me. We could move forward with getting your uh you guys like more out there. You know like. Um, and it, it would all be pro bono, except for the fact that you would have to mention this apostolate every single time you did anything. And so I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like pro bono work to me. But um, so it was just like a weird, a weird vibe. And it never really got anywhere. But I think it was just like we really wanted to be Catholic speakers. And we were like, oh, maybe this is it. This, this is it. our ticket. This is, this is our ticket. This is, I'm, I'm going. To Here top. I come, Christophonic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick your 50-year-old butt off the stage. <laughs> You know what they say? Uh, that that that's what Freud said. You have to murder your Catholic speaker father if in order to become a true man. That's what exactly. Yep. When it, when is the guard the changing of the guard going to happen? Has have there been any new Catholic speakers in the past ten years? Nope. <laughs> Interesting. The changing Interesting. of the guard is never going Seems... to happen because none of them are aging. That's true. They all it's, broke that's... into the Capitol and stole the juice that's keeping Nancy Pelosi alive. <laughs> they all did it. Jason Everett got there first. Mark Hart has been drinking from that well for a long he, time. That boy that is is never listen, I again I saw a picture of, of, of Matt Marr on, on Instagram the other day. That man also hasn't aged. It's kind of weird when you think about it. it I feel like weird. I'm getting older every day. I went to play basketball. Maybe this I just week. don't know how fast people are supposed to age. Maybe where where you've been lied to. <laughs> Maybe I just for my entire life I thought thirty years old was like ancient, and I was wrong. I went and played basketball this week, and the arches of my feet hurt when I got home. Mm. Like what? What on earth? Like I didn't even know that part of me could hurt. Yeah, it's. I'm 24. It's not. I woke What's up. What's wrong? I woke up yesterday. And I was like, oh, my back hurts. And then I was like, well, this is it. It's all You're downhill kidding. from here. You're, it's that's it. It's over. It's all downhill from here. Did you say it? Did you say it to Phoebe? I did. Yeah. I know I complained. What did she, what did I complained she have any comments? to my wife, about, and she was like, "You really need to go to the doctor." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, but I'm just so busy." Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm podcasting with a 45 year old, and I had no idea. Yeah, I'll call. <laughs> I'll call. I'll call Doctor Jones after I drop the kids off at school. We used to be the young people podcast. We used to be young and vibrant. I am a young, vibrant, virile man. man. Oh, you said vibrant. I said yeah. Viral. Vibrant was a Trump reference. At, oh, at, was one, it? at one point, he called himself vibrant. One of my favorite videos of all time: the former U.S. president um, was standing. He's in still front the of, president. Yeah. I, oh wait, no, this <laughs> podcast is coming out. Oh yeah, never mind. Uh, on Sunday, tomorrow. I, 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 I thought it was Sunday. coming out in a week. Um, no, the no, current no, no, U.S. No. president, uh, as of this recording, is standing in front of uh, Marine One, and it's like chopping at the background. So he's trying to scream, and like someone's I think someone asked him a question about like his age. <laughs> And he goes, I am a young, vibrant man. <laughs> and I posted on Twitter that clip, and it was like, people, why do you, why did, uh, reporter, why did you start a podcast? Me, I'm a young, vibrant man. So I started a podcast. 
Uh, that's that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. He's. I think we need to take take just take a minute, right? We we talked about the capital thing last week, all that stuff. I think in the in the uh, the dog days of the Trump presidency, mm-hmm. you know, he's he the, the 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 moonlight is beginning to to fade. The sun is beginning the, to down. <laughs> the sun is beginning to down. The dusk is beginning to set. Um, what we need to do is think back on all the really funny crap that happened over the past year or the past four years, because like everybody's focused on like, Oh man, he incited violence <laughs> and <laughs> it was a real, it was a really bad president. And it's like, okay, we can, we can talk about that later. Right. That's for the history books to decide what's for us to decide is like, what memes are we going to take out of his presidency <laughs> and incorporate into our common lexicon to give to our children? That's the important thing for the average. That's the, what the, that's how you empower the late what people. What if the real treasure you... was the capital <laughs> okay. that we stormed along the way? that's that's what i want to know it's already it's already started though i've already i've already seen that that uh brazilian joke you know oh the one with they use with george bush yeah uh i already saw it with joe biden um it's already beginning i'm just like oh gosh do people are people not old enough to know that they use that for w i don't i they must have i mean people must know i mean i i saw it with i saw it with w i saw it with with even obama which at that point was just kind of weird because it's like he's a really young guy. But I also saw it with Trump, and I was like, guys, this is just this is just boomer posting. You could you could go to uh, jail. How many of us are Brazilian? Yeah, Sasha, Malia, how many of us are Brazilian? That's a great Obama impression. I okay, it's okay. I the other day I tried to do who did I try to do an impression of? I forget. I'm usually really good at impressions, but I could, you usually are. You're very good. I just couldn't do an impression. Oh, I forget who it was. Anyway, I have a story to tell you. Okay, okay and then we I'm can ready. start the actual I'm, podcast. I'm locked in. Okay, so you know my good. list of four conspiracies that I believe wholeheartedly, right? You know the list. Yes. Give me the so it's the um the uh, Harry the Truman Mason? was a Freemason. That one. That one's obvious. Mason one. Yeah. The, the the laundry detergent. The laundry machine. Yeah. Laundry detergent. Uh-huh. I don't know the other two. I I, I I consistently forget the other two. I need to write them down. But I now have a fifth one. And it's the, Okay, so we're going to skip over the other you're two. We're going to skip over the other one, but I have a fifth one and and it's the Loch Ness monster. I now fully believe in okay. the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> okay, you're kidding. No. All right. And here's why. Here's why. The Loch Ness monster. The first recorded story of the Loch Ness monster comes from the hagiography of Saint uh-huh. Columba. Did you know that? No, I did not. The first recorded I... instance of the Loch Ness monster is a Catholic story. Okay. Yeah. Saint Columba. So he might also be Saint Columbkill. He was. Uh, he's one of the. He's one of the. Uh, the saints responsible, one of the monastics responsible for uh, evangelizing that area of the world. So, like in Scotland. So, anyway, don't read the story. Isn't he? I'm gonna tell isn't you. Isn't he the story. one of the? Isn't he one of the uh, the crime bosses? Oh no, that's the Colombo crime family. Yes. That's my bad. My yeah, bad, my yeah, Colombo. This is Colombo. I'm so sorry. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me about Colombo. I'm not looking at. Don't it look up. it up. I'm because that's okay. podcast <laughs> cheating. Um, podcast cheating. So. St. Columba is walking down the street, right? He's just doing his thing. And he comes across this group of picks. Every day when you're walking Walking down down the street. street. (laughs) The Loch Ness Monsters that you meet. Okay. So he he comes across this group of fishermen and they're burying their friend. Okay. (laughs) And And his name was Loch Ness. And his name was Loch Ness. And he's he's walking down the the river lock, right? And so he he comes and these these fishermen, their friend has like a huge chunk bitten out of him he's like got he's got like this he's got like these huge bite marks and he's like hey as the story goes and the story was recorded 100 years after (laughs) his life they go Uh he goes hey i'm gonna pray for your friend 
And they go, okay, fine. And then he heals his friend. The friend comes back to life. Oh, so wow. St. Columba heals the friend, comes back to life. Amazing. And then they're like, can you go get the boat for us? Now, I don't think that this is a smart idea, um, considering the gentleman has used to, the, the formerly dead deceased gentleman, uh, has giant hole marks in his chest, but they're like, go get the boat. And so St. Columba- Where's the boat? The boat is st- on the other side of the river. So I guess like his mm. fr- friend's boat got attacked or whatever. So he, gotcha, he gotcha. swims across- the 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 lake the lock if you will to get <laughs> uh-huh i thought lock. it was a river but okay well i, I think i think I, I forget the river feeds into the lock uh-huh yeah they all do they all do and so he swims across the body of water to get the boat and they see like they see like a, a river the river's moving and they see like a, a flipper right and then they see like the monster right and they're like hey <laughs> stop they, There's they see one part of the monster they see one and part then of the they and then they see the monster. They see the monster's like floating. He's like, he's there. And yeah. I'm assuming it's like a Jaws thing where they got like the flipper coming out, right? Yeah. Uh, and so then the the monster like is like about to attack their friend. And St. Columba says like, in the name of Jesus, you'll stop. And then the monster gets like, as if the monster was pulled back by a rope. That's what the, that's the story says. Oh. Wow. And so then these people became Christian because obviously if you saw someone do that, you'd be like, okay, I'm obviously going to worship whatever God you serve. <laughs> like mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. just done incredible things. And so that's where the story comes from. The story was recorded a hundred years later by another abbot, and that's just how that's just how like stories were passed down. So like this story got told over and over again. Um, and so I was reading up on it, and it was like, okay, what could this thing have possibly been, right? So like obviously these stories come from somewhere. People didn't just right. fabricate stories like this because obviously the Picts became Christian, right? So like they mm-hmm. became Christian mm-hmm. for a reason. So what was that reason? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what the what the Greenland shark is? The Greenland shark? Yes, a Greenland shark. I think shark. I I think I owe him I owe him money. <laughs> a Greenland shark is like one of the oldest species of animals on the on the planet. Well, it's in the planet. Can I look it up? Uh yeah, you can look this up. Okay, green green. Uh they can shark. grow up to like 20 feet long. And they're ancient. Some of them some also of them known have, as the Gurry shark. What? Ooh. Yeah. Nothing. Sorry, I'm just reading alone. Some of them, some of them have lived for 400 years. The the oldest one recorded is 512 years old. Wow. Um, For perspective, this that shark, that 512 year old shark, is older than Protestantism. (laughs) Yes, born between 1504 and 1744, approximately. Holy cow! Uh, So that's insane. The the authors further concluded. The species reaches sexual maturity at about 150 years of age. Don't we all? <laughs> if, you pe- if you people in Dr. Ethan's dating corner think you've got it, Rob. <laughs> try, try being a Greenland shark. Mm. You wouldn't be able to make it. Ugh. Biggest incels on the planet. Uh, so, That's funny. So, like, these these species of shark are, are, like, native to this area. They're very rare now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's possible that that shark was living in the lake. Like, it's very possible that a shark accidentally made it into a lake, you know, at right. some point, and then lived there for a couple of centuries. Holy cow. So Centuries. What do they eat? I I don't know. Wow. I don't know. But they must have. They must be highly adaptable because not a lot of species live that long. You know, they, they've, they must have existed for a very long time. So anyway, that's why I believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Um, I think... I think it's very obvious that the Loch Ness monster is not a Leopleurodon. <laughs> you know, like that seems. So now I'm gonna have to look up Leopleurodon. It's a Leopleurodon, Charlie. You don't know that? You don't remember that? 
Charlie the Unicorn, Leopardon, or a plesiosaur. Oh. That's what it is. A plesiosaur. A large. Are these? This is a dinosaur. Is yeah. what you're saying? The, Lo- the Loch Ness oh. monster. If you look up plesiosaur, it'll look like what people think of a Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness monster gotcha. looks like. It looks like a Lapras. Um, the Pokemon, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So so like that. That's the 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 Loch Ness monster. The one that we know now comes from a uh, a photo in 1930. That famous Loch Ness monster photo, where it looks like an elephant sticking out of a puddle. Because um, yeah. that it was probably it, is. it was. It was. Uh, and yeah. um, that's like that's like the uh, the common. It's like oh, it's 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 a leftover dinosaur, but it's like come on, a leftover a leftover dinosaur. dinosaur? Yeah, <laughs> something living. They forgot him. It's like Kevin. <laughs> They all the dinosaurs went to the airport. Or Sean, they left, they left the lot. Or my <laughs> your brother. Oh boy, mm-hmm. that's pretty funny. So because like kind of crazy. I'm looking at a picture of a of a ple, ple, plesiosaur right now. Plesiosaur. Yeah. And dang, mm-hmm. he's got a neck. <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like a, it's like an ocean giraffe. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, so like I mean, when, when people look back at like there's like there's like stories in the Bible about like the Leviathan, right? And it's very possible that someone saw a giant squid and was like, "Well, that's obviously a monster because it kind of well, no, is." Well, no, but no, Patrick, because giant squids live like 10,000 leagues under the sea, right? There's a book about this, okay? Like you I doubt that the that the that the people of of 500 BC were were diving deep James Cameron style. You don't think into a the single abyss. giant squid came up to the surface ever, and no one was there. No, to see because it. they can't. They they only can survive with the high pressure down really? low. I didn't know that. Yeah, like I mean, maybe if one was dead, but like there you go. I mean, it's. Th- I don't know how I don't know how Jonah would live inside of a squid. Like, so I I'm don't not know. I'm not suggesting that Jonah was eaten by a giant squid. I'm not suggesting that the giant squid's uh, uh, big head cap space actually has like a little couch and a futon inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> very, very. <laughs> that, if, that if he grabs you and you get sucked <laughs> in, you don't, Airbnb, you don't die. You, know? you don't die. You just get to watch the first four seasons of The Sopranos. <laughs> um, Here's what but, I want to know: How did Noah get the giant squid on the ark? That's all I want to know. That's that's my question. Christians. How did he how did he get all the bugs in the world Christians. on the ark? Uh, yeah. well, let's just, let's just be real serious for a second. Sure. Leviathans are real, okay? Yeah. Let's let's talk about this. Everybody's everybody's always asking the question. A lot of Christians, a lot of people who are not Christians, say, "Oh, you've got you know we've got we're so small, right? The Earth is so small in the grand scheme of the universe. Like we don't know what's outside of the, the this arm of the galaxy. We don't know what's outside of our galaxy. Even there could be so much human life. So like, how can you know that Christianity is real? All those things. Fine, right? I'll concede. We can talk about that later. I'm worried about the oceans. Mm-hmm. We only we only know about like six percent of the ocean. We don't know a lot about it. We don't know a lot about it, right? We know that it's wet. We know that there's stuff in it, and that's kind of the extent. Every people have been studying the ocean for hundreds of years, and all we've really calculated is that it's wet and there's stuff in it. Like beyond <laughs> that, we have not plumbed the depths in any significant way. And so we've just like, significantly, really, just, we've just significantly uh, dumped our garbage into it. Exactly. We were like, like we were like, had, we're done. We're gonna fill it with plastic and kill all the turtles. Like if it, if you're in your room right now and you know exactly what's in six percent of your room, you have no clue what's in your room. You know, like <laughs> that's so. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
I'm just saying that there's the, the probably that sea monsters in the there's ocean. probably <laughs> no I'm serious there's probably giant huge boys down there at the bottom of the Marinus Trench next to Megatron uh-huh. and there I fully believe like this is kind of one of my this is my it's not really conspiracy theory it's just like I really believe that there's a, a larger than dinosaur creature down there I don't know how he lives I don't know how they how they survive but there's got to be like with all that pressure yeah no way that evolution over billions and billions of years didn't evolve some giant huge beast <laughs> absolute unit of like a boy. it's like oh man <laughs> Oh uh, well, he's not in the he's not in the one percent of the ocean we know about, so he's probably not real. It's like no, I don't buy that at all. I don't, I don't buy that it. for a second. That's really Think funny. About it. Wake up, wake up, America. That's really funny because it's like it's like it's the same. It's literally the same argument for aliens. Like, well, it's so big. Right. There's got to be something out there. It's like that's yes. not how. Let's focus on our home planet first before we start going out into space. If we're gonna talk about, I think it's more likely that there's sea monsters than there are aliens because we know for a fact this planet can support life. Exactly. You know? let's, let's think about this. Elon Musk, I, if you're listening, I know that you are. How about you take one of those big rockets, instead of pointing it up, point it down, and let's go into the ocean. <laughs> let's go into the let's deep. See what, let's see what we can find. I think we're wasting a lot of time. The Just going, certainly exists. Going up. And, uh, We've been to the moon. Nothing there. It's capitalism. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Leviathan is a metaphor for capitalism. Of course. It, it, it's always a The, the Leviathan, the legend metaphor. that was invented in like you know 2,000 years ago. Yeah, it, yeah. it's capitalism. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. <laughs> okay, let's go uh, into the hot take time machine. <laughs> hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time machine, the part of the show where we give you conspiracy theories to share on Facebook. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? I do. It's actually from Twitter. Um, it's at Rapostle, January 24th, 2016. Ethan asks, have you ever been at a mass with liturgical abuse? If yes, reply with what it was slash frequency. Drop a comment below. <laughs> zero retweets, zero likes, zero comments. <laughs> <laughs> drop a, drop a comment with the frequency. Well, my liturgical abuse happened at roughly 2100, uh, gigahertz per Hertz. second. Hertz per second. There you go. Yeah. You don't have to say Hertz is already a measure of something per per second. second. Yeah, so just saying I've got an electrical engineering degree if anybody's hiring. That's all all I'm saying. From what Um, I remember in physics, if you keep adding per second, it becomes a different thing. That's true. Yeah. Hertz per second is probably something else, but I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, so like it's like because you you got force over time is... Come on, you got it. No, 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 you're you're, going to be an engineer. You got to know this. Force is mass over acceleration. Yeah, and then force over time. Force over torque. time is what is I thought it was horsepower. What's the difference between torque and horsepower? No, 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 not torque. I said work. Like work oh, is like work. I yeah. thought you said torque. And horsepower What's, is a measure yeah. of work. Okay. It's like a, See? Ver, a version. And then work over time is I don't know, I don't remember. See, this is not a very good I'm in podcasting mode, not engineering mode. So you can't I love I loved I loved learning this when I was in physics and I, I can't do rapid switching. You can't do it. Oh, okay, okay. No. Sorry. Anyway, I just laughed at the way you said frequency. I thank you. The most, the most recent memory of liturgical abuse that comes to mind is uh, uh, Little Drummer Boy at Christmas Mass during the Eucharist. That was my favorite. Oh, oh dear. Which is, is that... now, which is now a Catholic card game prompt card. So <laughs> why? Tell me, tell me what happened. Why did they play that? What was the? It was Christmas Eve Mass, and they played the Little Drummer Boy. That's the story. 
I think they is, thought it was real. <laughs> the, I think they thought the it was drummer a boy, <laughs> yeah. and that and that drummer boy was John the Evangelist. John the Evangelist. That that little drummer boy's name was Albert Einstein. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think they they played they played the little drummer boy during the Eucharist because they thought it was a beautiful story about a little boy who came to Jesus and 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 gave him the drum. And because like, when my heart beats after I receive the Lord in the Eucharist, it goes parumpa pum pum. You got to get that checked out, man. Yeah, that's not that's not normal. <laughs> what what liturgical abuse were you referring to? Was it uh, Marty Hay? I don't. Him? No, I think it was like one of those guys got thing. canceled. Sorry, he did. Talking? It was it was um, David Haas. I'm pretty David sure. David Haas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, well, and I wouldn't just say canceled. I think he was rightfully accused, credibly of accused, multiple... and then rightfully stripped of everything that he's. Re- yeah. Yes, of of using his his power in the Catholic music world to sexually prey on young women who wanted to be. Catholic musicians, um, which is it's terrible. There's some Catholic news agency articles about it if people want to read about it. It's yeah, but I learned but, I learned about it from uh, from from a, from a music director at a church uh, a church nearby that was like, yeah, I guess I can't use his music because I can't use his music anymore for some reason. And I'm like, no, 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 oh, no that's a good reason. <laughs> oh, you should not use that music anymore. <laughs> Dang, too bad we can't sing. Uh, we can't sing. Be anymore. not afraid and uh, yeah, at all. So I think it was just in vogue to talk about liturgical abuse at the time. And I was just learning that liturgy existed, Ah, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like I knew that the mass was the mass, but I had no idea what liturgy was. Mm. And so, um, I, I believed that I had been privy to some liturgical abuse, but I didn't really know what, like just, just the regular old stuff of just, um, people doing things that they're not really allowed to do. Um, because it is what it is. And so I was trying to get a whole group. I was going to try and fix the church on Twitter is what I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. I mean, we've all but, been in the room where someone suggests, you know, hey, we should have more lay people give the homily. And it's like, well, well, no. actually, no, no. Uh, I'm actually thinking of starting because sometimes like the it's really tough to get a good community going, you know, when there's kind of at, when you're at a church and there's like an in an in group, you know, that's making all these decisions. So I was thinking of like kind of still like taking those people from that church and kind of starting like a different sort of group. Um, and then it could be like, everything is in Latin and like there's a dress code at, and uh, we, we, we reject the Pope and it would be like a really fun group that we could all <laughs> be a fun group. Together. We could all start. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to do that, just anybody wants to join my schism, I'm taking, <laughs> I didn't hand out enough pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> starting a revolution. Starting a revolution. <laughs> I'm starting a revolution. <laughs> I just didn't hand out enough pamphlets. <laughs> I, I love the reason I love that line from Thor Ragnarok is because yeah. that's how the American Revolution started. Was pamphlets? People just pamphleting. Yeah, like it yeah. was just pamphleteer. I mean, that's how that's how the Protestant Reformation started. That's how everything started. The Gutenberg printing press just started a bunch of revolutions that's what it was yeah who would have thought that letting a bunch of people know stuff was a bad idea oh god did god in the did. garden and <laughs> and then people were like i don't understand how the catholic church could uh c- people people were like i don't understand how the catholic church could uh could put books on the index and burn them like that and then turn around and go yeah but we should definitely get donald trump off twitter like yeah. it's the and it's, then and then they read ernest klein's ready player too and they're like oh maybe they had a actually, point actually maybe they had a point actually there's probably something to this <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's, it's, 
we we know there's uh there's information out there that people shouldn't have not because it's actually true and the the, the, the deep state Patrick? doesn't want you to know about it's because it's wrong and dangerous mm-hmm. and makes people storm the capitol building yeah yeah anyway the follow pen me is on mightier Twitter. than the sword everybody always says the pen is mightier than the sword but nobody actually believes it until until someone picks up a sword because of something they read exactly <laughs> By the way, speaking of reading stuff online, uh, my Twitter handle is now at Patrick Nevy the Third, Patrick Nevy III. So both of my Instagram and Twitter handles are the same. You've abandoned Catholic Pat. I have abandoned Catholic Pat purely because I, I felt like Catholic Pat wasn't a good Twitter handle to put in a byline. Sure. Yeah. So I became. I'm an the. Adult. I'm the only one. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I the am the Catholic, Catholic Pat. Pat. Remember that guy that evangelized Ireland? Beta. Beta Pat. I am Catholic Pat. <laughs> um. Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I would love to hear your hot take. Perfect. Please. Okay. Uh I, okay, I have an election one, and I have a oh. a different one. Okay, what do you? Which one do you want to hear? The the, the non political. The non, it's not a political one. It's just because you know me what in twenty fifteen. Okay, something I something I realized in in twenty fifteen was I need to stop posting for other people and start posting for myself. Uh, so that's what I did. And so reading these again, the problem that I'm having is that I'm just laughing so hard because these are jokes that are for me. Uh huh. I'm the I'm my I'm my best audience member. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do the election one. Every election year is exactly the same. Career po- first, career politicians say others aren't qualified for the presidency. Then two, they, those people say that the career politicians are too corrupt for office. Then I take away a sizable percentage of the vote as a write-in candidate. Uh, paid for by the committee to elect and then assassinate Patrick Nevy, November 2015. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I find that's that a, hilarious. It's <laughs> that's a, that's a very convoluted setup for your punchline. <laughs> yeah, right. You could streamline that one a bit. I get it's like it's like a, it's like a salient political point, and then a joke right. that completely undermines it. <laughs> yes, it's like good work, Patrick. Now nobody's gonna listen to you. Well, well done. I think I think I thought of those two jokes separately, and I was like, I might as well throw them in the same package. You know, it's yeah, like Amazon. You put them both in one box to save on shipping, and so I was like, I'm gonna save on time by just you know expediting this joke process. Paid for by the committee to elect and then assassinate Patrick Nevy. Oh, that's just so funny to me and no one else <laughs> that's good that's what twitter's for yeah <laughs> i have a i have my own twitter account where i just post the tweets and and only one person sees them and it's my texts to patrick that's 
it's a beautiful thing. I don't know why. I don't know why nobody thought of this before. <laughs> why doesn't everybody? <laughs> why doesn't everybody do that? Why doesn't everybody have a one-person Twitter conversation, otherwise known his as number texting? Is, his number is five zero two eight 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 nine nine eight. That's exactly it. <laughs> everybody text. Send me. Send me all of your tweets. It's especially funny because, like, that's how Twitter started. It started so that you could text and post things. Text to a microblog. Yeah, and like, I don't understand. Anybody who's been in a group chat should know a worldwide group chat is a bad idea, as we all know. <laughs> it, it is. It is. A it was an awful chat. experiment. <laughs> it's really overall, I would say, didn't work. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's especially bad when people start getting kicked and feelings start getting hurt and then they start their own group chat that ends up radicalizing a large percentage of the Republican party. Oh boy. I've been listening ready to a lot the... of podcasts. Are you ready for the topic? I can tell <laughs> I'm ready for the, we got it. We got to jump this ship quick. Uh, Oh, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, you want to do a jingle? Oh gosh. Okay. I, okay. Here's the thing. I love making you do it after not making you do it for a while. It, it sneaks up on me. I really have to pee. Okay, go pee. Is that allowed? Think of a jingle. Okay. Yeah, you can pee. I'm going to make a tinkle, then I'm going to make a jingle, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't think of a jingle. All I could think of was the fact that I said sizable percentage twice uh, in that last segment. <laughs> you <laughs> did. Like, like, you did. And and that's the name of the episode. Sizable, sizable percentage. percentage. Uh, sweet. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the topic. Uh, I think it's good every so often to talk about God uh, because this is a Catholic comedy podcast. Yes. And our Catholicism comes first. Even though the comedy segment of the show does come first chronologically. It does. And this is an interesting thing. This is kind of an aside. It's harder, I feel like, as my spiritual life gets more and more uh, entwined with mm-hmm. another person to, like, talk about it. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. And, uh, like, yeah. It's, it's just weird. This is why I feel like a lot of good people, Father Mike... Uh, or um, Jeff Cavins or whoever, like all these people who have deep spiritual lives, they just, they usually just talk about like the facts, which is why, which is why it's kind of hard to listen to them. Cause it's like, yeah, this is kind of like school and that's good. Um, But I would really rather hear about like what's going on with you, but like you can't really share. It's like, there's an intimacy with God that you can't always share on a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, and then there's it's also an intimacy I, with my prayer life with Phoebe that I can't really exactly. share on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not there yet, but I will be one day. And so, um, just like it's better to prepare for that now than to like let it sneak up on you. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I think I don't know. I I would love to find a way where it would be easier for us. I mean, obviously, reading books like theology and philosophy books, it's easier to talk about those things as just like concepts rather than. Um, always kind of delving into the personal prayer well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think every so often it's good to kind of to to speak about things. I think it's it's a balance of like, I, I shouldn't share everything. It's a both and. And I don't. It's a both it's and. A both I shouldn't and. share everything. But I do, I do want people to know 
Like these are the things that I'm praying about. These are things I'm thinking about. Yeah. Cause I don't just think about, uh, you know, culture and media mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm pretty heavily consumed with <laughs> my relationship with God, believe it or not. Um, and so I just want to remind people of that. That's like, you don't actually have to share everything, but you should share something, not just on a podcast, but in your, I think it's easy to just think, oh, this is between me and God. So I shouldn't share it with my coworkers or my friends or whoever, or my family even because it's too personal. It's like, well, no, it is, but it's not. You want to be a real um, post-liberal, share about your prayer life. Big, big money moves. That's good for, good for Pat. So it's good for uh, that's kind of the... It's kind of the grand, the grand work, the groundwork that I wanted to lay for this topic. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Introduce it's that okay. bad boy. Uh, What's big, going big, on? Big, big sip of coffee. Had to, uh-huh. had to drink. I was a little thirsty. Oh, you wanted me to talk so, while you could sip. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all right. You did okay. fine. Thank you. <laughs> I can cut it out in post. <laughs> um, so, man, I feel like this year I've grown a lot in a lot of areas. Um but I also feel like I, I simultaneously haven't. Um, and I just wanted to talk about a, a, just a brief line that Dave, uh, too cold to hold, too hot to handle Van Vickle, uh, said on every knee shall bow. And like, I listened to like the first six minutes of every knee shall bow this, this week. And it just sent me straight into the chapel because they, this wasn't even their main topic. He just mentioned offhandedly that like, he was reading something or he heard something or somebody said to him or what, I don't even know what it was, but uh, that he was pursuing or it's easy to pursue uh, sanctity and a life of holiness instead of God himself, mm-hmm. which sounds, you're probably thinking to yourself, Ethan, what's the difference? You know, isn't like a holy life pursuing God. It's like, yes, that's true. Um, but there is a difference. I've been reading Fulton Sheen. And I talked briefly on the Red Dirt Catholic podcast. I don't know when that's coming out uh, about God's love. And you were on a Martian Catholic podcast. I was on a Martian (laughs) Catholic podcast. No oceans on Mars. No oceans on Mars. Let's think about that. Which is great because that song gets old. uh, What song? Oceans. Sorry. Go on. Oh, okay. That's that was funny. Thank you. Um. I lost my point. I had okay, great, you were talking uh, about a, to, to God's love. Yeah. Oh, Saint Boniface. Boniface. Ooh, yeah. Has kind of a like the four thresholds of God's love mm. or like loving God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this. Um, I assume that you do because you know everything. Don't assume but, that, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but it's it's like the Fulton Sheen talks about it in Three to Get Married, which I'm reading right now. Um, but he didn't mention Saint Boniface, and so when he brought it up on this podcast. I was like, Oh, Oh, I've heard of this, but it was from Fulton, from Fulton Sheen. So the first level is, um, loving, loving God for your own sake, I think. Mm -hmm. And then the second, or maybe it's like loving yourself for your own sake. And then maybe it's loving God for your own sake. And then the next level is loving God for his own sake. And then the final level is loving yourself for God's sake or something mm. along those mm. lines. Um, it's, I don't know if that's the exact, we should probably get really the, look it up, look, get up, get that, not you, but whoever's listening, get, so we get the order, right? Is the order important? It's the order might be important. Hold I feel on. like the order would be important. Okay. Ethan's in the, the background. Is important. I'm not trying to be a heresy, but 
I'm trying just, to be a heresy. Is that what you just said? I'm not. I'm not trying to be a heresy. Oh. I just didn't want to wheel over and get the book out if I didn't have to. I was banking on you knowing what I was talking about. Oh, bummer. Yeah, no, that's not, I know. that's not the case. So the best part about this is that in this book, anytime that Fulton Sheen does like a list and he says there are three main tensions or there are three ways that love exists or there are four ways that we love God, I always write it. I write it out one, two, three, four. So it's easy to come back to. Yes, so, that's good. So there are four stages the soul passes through in its love of God. Number one, the soul realizes its own insufficiency, seeing that uh, loving self without God is like loving the ray of sunlight without the sun. Perhaps the soul at this point also sees that even the self would be quite unlovable unless love energy or lovableness had been put into it by God. So it's the loving self for its own sake is the first step and just realizing like I'm insufficient alone. Like the fact that I exist, the fact that I can love means that there's some reason to love. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's step one. Step two, God is loved, not for his own sake, but for the sake of the self. I think this is where a lot of people are. This is where I am for sure. <laughs> um, uh, God is loved because of the favors he gives. This was the love of Peter when he asked of the Lord, what do we get out of it? Uh, step three or the third stage, God is loved for his sake and not our sake. The soul cares more for the beloved than for what the beloved gives. In the romantic order, it corresponds to that moment when the beloved no longer loves the suitor because he sends roses, but because he is lovable. It is like the love of a mother for a child who seeks no favor in return. That's the third stage. Mm. The final stage is one of those rare moments when the love of self is completely abandoned and emptied and surrendered for the sake of God. So I had it totally backwards. Um, This would correspond to a moment in a mother's life when she ceases to think of her own life in order to save her child from death. In this kind of divine love, the self is not destroyed, but transfigured. This is the love that leaves all other love a pain. Mm. So there's these four stages of love of God. And I realized pretty, pretty seriously recently that I really only love God for my own sake and for my own self. And I kind of naturally just like try to squeeze God into my God-shaped box that I've made. Yeah. And I do that by pursuing this sanctimonious life wherein I I'll get up early and I'll try to pray morning prayer and I'll try to like have time of silence and I'll try to read before I go to my holy hour. And then I'll try to like, you know, pray the rosary and go to mass and then also pray evening prayer and also pray night prayer um, and make sure that I'm reading the Bible and reading these holy books and, and trying to to structure my day in such a way that like I I do all of the holy things that I want to do because I feel like these things are really are they're genuine encounters with God throughout my day. But I place so much emphasis and so much importance on doing them in a certain order. And if like I, if I miss, if I miss one or miss another, then it's like, well, I'm not living as holy of a day as I could. Um, And you know, that, that means that I've, I've let God down. That means I've let myself down. That means that like my commitment to God isn't as real as it actually could be and I was praying about this and I got this image in my mind of um how I feel like I'm just trying to wear you know how you when you're a kid you would try to wear your dad's shoes uh-huh. you know yeah and they were just so big and your feet were so small and you'd walk around and you'd trip and fall <laughs> because obviously <laughs> you can't walk in those shoes you're not strong enough to lift the shoes your feet aren't big enough to fit in them I feel like I'm trying to like 
insert my life, insert me, my real life into this life that I'm not, I'm not big enough for, you know, like I'm not strong enough for the life that I want to live. Even though if, if like, even if you can't take a couple of steps in your dad's shoes, um, you can't make it very far. And so like I can have a day or two where I really live like this holy life and I'm just crushing it. Mm. But then I like lose it for a day. Like if I just, if I just use all my, I think any of us, like if we use all of our willpower in one day, we could really do it, you know? And, and that's important. We should use our wills to, to choose the things that are good for us, even if they're hard. I'm not trying to say that we should just give up. But what I am trying to say is like, I am so bad at accepting that I'm not, I'm not ready to fit in the shoes. And I keep trying to like, force myself into the shoes and try to run in the shoes without really like accepting the fact that like God has given me shoes that I, that fit me (laughs) that I can wear (laughs) and that I can go in. And like, if I wear those and I wear them well and I, I, and I run in those shoes and I get stronger in those shoes, then I will have other shoes to wear down the line. Like I don't have to force myself into them now. And it's this idea of like, I'm trying to, love God, you know, it's all, it's all about like, oh, I'm just loving God. Like it's all, it's all for God. I'm doing it all for him. But really it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to love him through all of these things so that I feel holier and so that I act holier and so that I don't commit certain sins because those sins make me feel bad. You know, like at no point is it, have I really said consciously, like I'm doing all of these things because I want to encounter the person of Jesus in these, all of these moments every day. It's more so like, I want to do these things because I know it'll keep me on track, which is fine, but it's not the reason that you change your life, you know? And so I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I I just kind of want to hear your thoughts and like explore this idea of like, how can we really pursue God for his own sake? Yeah. More, you know? Okay. That's, that's my, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Something that I've been, I've been praying with recently is the, uh, the seven gifts of the Holy spirit. Um, and I highly recommend that we Courage. memorize them in order. Oh. Yeah, because I have an inkling. I have Quiz a, me. I have a... Oh, do you know them? Uh, wisdom. Yep. Knowledge. Yeah, that one's number three. Oh. Yeah. Understanding is second? Yeah, understanding. Sorry, sorry. It's not number three. It's number... Uh, so the reason I said three is because I memorized them backwards because that you memorize that, them backwards. So I memorized. So them, I'm sorry. I memorized them backwards. So bottom up fear of the Lord. Number one, fear of the Lord is number one. Fear of the Lord. Piety, piety, knowledge, courage, knowledge, knowledge. And then courage or the other word for it is fortitude is four. fortitude. Yeah. Fortitude is number four, which is easy. And then, and then counsel. Yep. Understanding. Yep. Wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. That's seven. Boom. Yep. Look at that, baby. Let's I highly go. recommend you memorize them in that order because of the proverb and all that stuff in Sirach and a bunch of other, and like Augustine. I, I like this, this, this proverb kept coming up in my head that is a uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. Yes. And that implies that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom that all of the other stuff that comes after fear of the Lord also stands in between fear of the Lord and wisdom. Right. And Man. so I've been, I've been sitting with that for a while 
and I, I have I have a hypothesis that I haven't proven yet that they <laughs> correspond with the seven uh, interior castles. Um, Interesting. Because sevens always correspond. I'm trying to figure out how they correspond with the seven virtues. Anyway, it's not. I really like numbers. Um, it's the. I the, think Aquinas does that. It's the Bon. No, it's Bonaventure. Bonaventure oh, does that more than sorry. Aquinas. Aquinas likes Aquinas likes uh, likes taking. Um, I mean, they both do that because they're medieval. But I thought he took the cardinal virtues and matched them up with the capital sins. Is that right? Is that what I'm thinking? He of? might have, but Bonaventure uses numbers a lot more. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are the seven days of creation, and like the seven, the four senses of scripture match up with the four gospels and the four genres and the four all yeah." Oh boy, Bonaventure, I can see why you like Bonaventure. Bonaventure is much more like guys. Fun. Have you did you notice the numbers? Like, check out the numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I, I, I have I have a I have a theory, but I, I haven't tested that theory. And I think what you're describing, searching for sanctity, is piety. And hmm. I think when someone I'm skipping adequ- a step, it's it, when someone adequately like fears God, the next logical step is piety. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, knowledge mm-hmm. of god follows um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and once you start to know god more you increase in your knowledge of god and then you move on to fortitude and persisting in that and so i think mm. i think you're skipping to fortitude i think what you're describing is you're trying to skip to the step where you persist in god but he wants you to get to know him better first he wants me to be afraid of him first he wants me to here's the thing i think (laughs) i think initial conversion is fear of the lord based on like like fear of god understanding your own sinfulness realizing that the pain of hell exists i mean we talked about this right like this that's why that's why saint francis sales starts off his meditations with a fear of hell it's because Fear of God. Oh, we talked about him on the, on the soul episode. So not everyone heard that, but. Oh, if you're a patron. Yep. You can hear you that. You can hear it. Yep. Ooh. So, uh, $3 a month. Uh, so when, when St. Francis Sales starts his daily meditations in intro to the devout life, um, he starts it off with a meditation on hell because fear of the Lord is so important. But I think for a large percentage of our listeners, they're past that, Right. Like they're, they, they sufficiently fear. I mean, you can always grow in all of these things. Whenever you talk about like uh, progressions in the interior life, you kind of progress through all of them simultaneously, but still one at a time. It's a weird paradox, but it's how Bonaventure talks about hmm. the spiritual journey. So you can always increase in fear of the Lord, but there, there is this like sequential, you know, journey through life and your soul goes to that. So like, so you move on from fear of the Lord, you move to piety, which is where you like, you learn how to worship well. And like, you start you start to get motivated less by that fear and more like a, more by a desire to progress, hmm. and that motivates you to know God more. So here's here's my caveat to all of this is like, wisdom is the end goal, and I think one thing that happens in the knowledge stage is you learn all of the stuff that wise people have said about God, and you know it in your head. But then that's the head to heart journey. Remember the head, the heart, and the mm-hmm. popcorn lung. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about that all the time. It's like, I know all this stuff in my head and I'm trying to get it to my heart. And I think that's just the journey of the spiritual life is you hear all of these wise men and women and then you podcast about what all these wise men and women have said to other people um, and you give mm-hmm. people advice based on what the wise men and women have said. But eventually, at the end of your life, you will know God well enough that you can just speak 
to people as if God was whispering in your ear because you know him so well and you have an understanding of him and you can counsel people based on, you know, what he has said to you and to others. You have like this wisdom and yeah. So that's what we're going towards. But I want that now. Yeah. And I think that's the root of pursuing sanctity instead of pursuing God. Mm -hmm. I think pursuing sanctity as an end, as opposed to a means to God. I think Mm -hmm. you're pursuing a holy life for a good reason. You want to know God more. Yes. But you're trying to persist in a life that isn't yours yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't really, like it feels, I went on Monday and I lived the perfect day, Monday this week. Mm-hmm. I got up on time, I got up on my first alarm, prayed morning prayer in the office of readings. I read the JP2 biography, made coffee, got, took a cold shower because I wanted to, you know, hurt my body. Do, <laughs> Want to do, do penance, wound, baby? Do penance, baby. Um, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just like letting people know, like this was my mindset going into the day. Like I wanted to sacrifice for the people in my life and I wanted to live well. And I like went to my holy hour and I had a, a good, a good meeting and I went to mass early so I could pray the rosary and go to confession and then went to mass and then got back from mass and I used my afternoon really, really well. Like I got a bunch of stuff done. I wasn't on social media. Like I was, I was focused and, and locked in. I ate vegetables instead of processed foods. Like I was processed foods, processed foods, um, prayed evening prayer. Uh, and like in my free time in the evening, I, I read some more and then I went to bed at a great, at a good time, you know, talk, talk to my girlfriend, went to bed, read Don Quixote, fell asleep. Nice. Like it was, it was by all accounts, like the day that I've always wanted to have, you know, the day I've always dreamed of having of, I, I, I got up and I prayed and I did, I did it all. And then I thought I thought I was like sad because not sad. I wasn't really happy. Mm. Um and it wasn't because those were bad things. Those were all very good things. And I thought at the time, like, oh, this is good. God is not letting me feel a lot of contentment with myself because he doesn't want me to rely on my own efforts. So this is a good thing that I don't feel good about it. And then the rest of the <laughs> week was awful. The rest of the week I didn't do I didn't do any of those things. Mm. You know? I maybe one piece here, one piece there. But by and large, it, it all kind of evaporated. Um, and it, it's been making me think of the the verse, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Like, mm-hmm. I did all of those things, and I was kind of expecting to feel really good because I had done the thing. Like, I had finally done it. I had used my, my willpower to conquer my problems. Um, and I did it all ostensibly for God. But... I was never really pursuing the person. I was never really desiring to encounter Jesus. I just wanted Jesus to see all the good things I was doing for him. Mm. And that's, I feel like that's such a dangerous game that a lot of people are playing these days is they want God or their priest or their parents or their brother or their sister or their girlfriend or their boyfriend to like see the good things that they're doing because we see all the evil around us and we want to be countercultural. We want to be different. We want to stand out as Christians. We want to do the right things. And we want but to do it I now. Think, and we want to do it now. And it's like, no, I actually need to, I don't, I don't really think I've accepted like death and the reality of eternity and like the pain of sin 
and the reality of hell and like the joys of heaven. Like I haven't really accepted those things. Mm. I want to, but they scare the crap out of me every time I think about like what it would be like to live forever. I just get so scared that I just, I have a panic attack and then I move away from it and I don't think about it anymore. Hmm. Um, Cause it just scares me so bad. And so it's like, well, of course, of course I'm hitting a wall, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, I, I know this about myself, but it's like, how do you even, how do you overcome that other than just putting your head down, doing the work and just moving on. And I just, I just wonder how many other people are, are going through that. Cause it's just like, it's crazy to me how I can't be the only person yeah. <laughs> on the planet who's this like so scared of, who's so scared of death and he's trying to like compensate for it by trying to create this life for myself that maybe once I do this, then I won't be scared of death anymore. You'll be even more you scared know? of death because you'll have built something you're afraid to lose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's no winning. Like I said <laughs> in the soul episode, life, if life is what we believe it is in, in the heart, in our heart of hearts, we are on an endless, not an endless march, a short march to an inevitable, bitter, hopeless defeat. And the only thing that solves that oh, yeah. is the gospel. Nothing else has yeah. solved it. Not even not even the old covenants solved it. Because there was still hope. There was still hopelessness for a large majority of people because they sinned. Because mm-hmm. they sinned and they couldn't they had no they had no recourse. They had no forgiveness. It's not solved by any other religion. No other religion has solved the hopelessness besides Jesus Christ. And like, that's the thing is like, we can know that in our heads. Yeah. But the only way to bring that to your heart is to first feel the hopelessness and fear God. That's that in the Psalms, it talks about like the fool says in his heart, there is no God. He has no fear in him. It's Mm. like, he's, he's living. It was like the, the, we're, if we don't have a fear of God, if we don't have that foundation, we're living like practical atheists. That must be why we're all practical atheists. Because nobody, yeah. because we haven't gone through this stage of fear of the Lord. And again, mm-hmm. even if you, even if you are progressing in piety and progressing in wisdom, that doesn't mean that you're you're actually skipping steps. That just means that all of these gifts of the Holy Spirit are things that increase in us over time. That's something that distinguishes Bonaventure and Saint Thomas Aquinas. Have you you've heard of the? We've talked about the purgative, illuminative, and unitive way. Yes. Yeah. Saint Thomas is like, well, there's one part of your life where you're in the purgative, then you're in the illuminative, and then you're in the unitive. But Bonaventure says, well, yes, that's true, but they also have... But also have, no. But also no. The purgative has a purgative purgative, illuminative uh-huh. purgative, and unitive purgative way. And all of them have, like, it's actually nine steps, and you also do all of them at the same time, too. But yeah, ah. you're also right. Yeah, I know. That's why I love Bonaventure, because he's confusing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bonaventure's the kind of guy who just is right and wants to confuse the rest of the class. And the teacher's <laughs> like, yes, technically you're correct, but I'm not teaching about I'm that. I'm not right teaching now. about you, that right now. Could you please just wait? <laughs> Bona, Bonaventure's the, like the, the Bonaventure right, and Aquinas friendship is one that I would love to go back and witness because they had such an immense respect for each other and I'm sure a bitter bitter bitter, bitter rivalry. <laughs> Maybe not bitter, but uh Aquinas was probably like this guy's just wasting everybody's time. <laughs> and Bonaventure was like are people still reading that boring dude? That like Suma what's guy? the deal? Nah, nah, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. They're like releasing diss tracks, you know. Anyway, uh, but my my favorite my favorite stories that illustrate the Bonaventure and Aquinas connection. I'll do the Tom the pro Thomas one first. Um, 
they were they were both commissioned by the church to write a Eucharistic hymn for adoration, and uh-huh. uh, Bonaventure wrote one, and we don't know what it is because when they when they presented them to each other for review, Bonaventure read Tantumergo, took his back and tore it up. And he no was way. like, he's like that one's so much better. Yeah, <laughs> that's and so then, funny. Uh, the pro Bonaventure one is uh, Thomas was 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 showing some seminarians around, and he was like, "Would you like to meet Father Bonaventure?" And they were like, "Absolutely, obviously." And uh, they brought him up, and he was in ecstasy with nothing on his desk in front of his crucifix. And Thomas just said, uh, "Let's leave the master to his work," and they walked out. <laughs> wow! I know, isn't that amazing? What the heck? <laughs> that could be us. That could be us, but we're hey, just walking hey, around you guys, in big cloppy shoes. Do you guys want to meet Patrick? Opens the door. He's just tweeting. <laughs> Patrick's just tweeting. Just Let tweeting. the master do Let his work. Let the master do his work. <laughs> he just raised stacks of Cal Newport books. Um, I'm going to shy away. Normally, at this point in the podcast, I'd be like, what's some practical things? I'm not going to do that this week. Yeah, take that. I'm just I think people should take this and pray about it and, and let the Lord that? tell them. Let the Lord tell them where they need to go. Um, Cause I think these are good things to like, think about, mm-hmm. pray about and just move forward. Pray through the gifts of the Holy spirit, like straight up. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't know why we weren't all forced to memorize this. You used to have to know them. You used to have to, but ever since, you know, the state took over education in this country, <laughs> yeah. the, I'm gonna. I say this every week, but the most recent Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast is really good. <laughs> should we be listening to them? Are they? Are maybe? Hold on. Is that a good podcast? Are you joking? Yeah. Do you listen to them? No. Okay. Well, if you have room in your rotation, their last like ten episodes are freaking phenomenal. Mm. Like, I, I don't know what what's been going on over in Colorado, but. Uh, they've just been rocking my socks. So Colorado is anyway, awesome. It's a great place. Let's let's do Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner. Welcome to Doctor Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner. Uh, this is the part of the show where I don't have to do a jingle. Um, none of the show <laughs> is where I have to do a jingle. So <laughs> the well, <laughs> welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast where Patrick is subjugated and forced to do jingles. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I have one piece of Dating Corner question. That has been sitting in my dating quarter inbox for weeks. Okay. Okay. Let's get to and it. I'm so sorry. And the only reason that I didn't was because they mentioned the SOG. Shout out the SOG. This one comes from Anonymous. I think it's a woman. Yeah, it is. Okay. Hey, I wanted some dating Hi. advice from the SOG, but they were too intimidating to ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't I met them. They're not intimidating. So I guess I'll ask Dr. Ethan and Assistant Nurse Patrick instead. Anyway. I wanted to bring up romance and attraction with a guy friend. I have hey. a feeling for him, and we have discussed deep topics. I have a f- I have feelings I have for him. One feeling. I have one feeling, and it's a doozy. <laughs> and we have discussed deep topics that I have discussed with lots of people. But I think he has feelings for me. I'm still yeah. praying about the relationship, and it's prudent. Mm. It's about prudence. But I want to know what he's thinking. However, last time I did that, the friend said he didn't want to date me, and then asked me out a week later. I don't want him what? to do that too. Should I ask my other friend what he thinks or should we just converse over text or should I just ignore it? Have I read this one before? I don't know. This is a thing that happens all the time though. What do you think, Dr. Ethan? 
I think you're praying about a relationship that doesn't exist. So maybe you should stop doing that. Yeah. That's the, that'd be the first, the first red siren that went off in my head. I've been praying about the relationship. What relationship? You're not, you're not dating. Yeah. Another Um, thing we have to understand as Catholics is that prayer doesn't just fix your understanding of feelings. That's something that you kind of have to like work through. Use your, God gave you an intellect to, yeah. Yeah. To figure these things out. Um, gosh, that's, there's so much. It It can help. It helps because it gives you a space to reflect and all like, you know, it's, it's, it's too, but it's like, this is something that you can work through by like talking to a friend. And especially if you're an external processor, this is what happens when external. Okay. When an internal processor goes to pray about their feelings, they go, it's magic. Prayer works. When an external (laughs) processor goes to pray about the feelings, they're like, God doesn't exist. (laughs) Like it's nothing's happening. (laughs) And it's like, well, that's because God made you different and you need to talk about your emotions. Nietzsche, Nietzsche was an external processor. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, he was like, I gotta be an internal processor. And then he went crazy. So please do not be like Nietzsche. He went for a ton of walks and then blew his brains out. So please don't be like Nietzsche. Oh boy. Sad, sad podcast hours. Yeah. Sorry. Nietzsche, Um, don't, don't be like Nietzsche. Whether, whether you're, if you're an internal processor, I just don't confuse confuse thinking with prayer <laughs> like just yeah. because you're in a chapel and you're there and sometimes you you redirect your thoughts to god doesn't mean that everything you're doing in there is prayer um and so just just be careful that this is just a general uh yeah advice good advice um i would say so we like this guy we've had deep talks I, a lot of people have deep talks with people that they're not yet dating on this. Yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of out on that too. I really just don't think that's a good idea. It's really not a good idea. It's, like it's this is this is a a fate accompli uh unfortunately. Wow, like, I don't this is I don't know what that means. Uh I think what's going to happen is already it's already been decided there's really like nothing I think that this girl can do is what I'm trying to say. Oh, interesting. So um, you think they they already ha- they're already uh dating? You think that's what it is, or? I think. <laughs> sorry, the guy. Has, sorry, the, the answer guy... to your question is that you guys are already actually in a relationship, and there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. <laughs> so I'm the idiot for saying you shouldn't be praying about your relationship because it exists. It Go exists. to his house what? right now. His mom is waiting for you. Um, no, what I'm saying is, is that this guy has either decided that he likes her or he doesn't like her. Yeah, and he's so to figure that out. you just have to ask him. Call communication, straight up. Maybe. I. It really is. I think. There's there's a reasonable amount of questioning about whether or not girls should ask guys out on dates. We can have that conversation. Yeah. But I think it's a fine question to say, hey, um, I'm getting some mixed signals. Are you interested in me? And are you going to ask me out? Or are, you, are we just friends? Like, I think that's a perfectly valid question perfectly to ask valid. somebody. Yeah. And if he's scared to answer that question, then you probably shouldn't be dating him. You break up the relationship that you're in right now. Get out of it. It's easy. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's, I, I that's definitely, what I would say. I definitely think that's that's good advice, and 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 I I get the I get the impulse to have like you know deep talks late at night over text. Ugh. That gets to that gets to be a there's a point there where it's like you're not you got to be careful because like you don't want to get into a spot where you're using someone for emotional affirmation. You know, you don't want to get no, into a spot where you're reliving. My my eighteen to twenty years of age. No, fourteen to twenty years of age. Yeah. What is <laughs> that's deep, all I what did. is deep talks code for? 
what is it code for? It's not, they're not discussing the mysteries of the universe. They're not trying to figure out whether or not there's a Leviathan at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. No. That's not, that's not the depth of this deep talk. The, the deepest not, topic. <laughs> the deepest topic. They're not having the deep talks that we have here on the Crunch Podcast, www.thecrunchcast.com slash Patreon. They're, they're having deep talks about their past relationships. They're, yeah. you know, talking about their, probably talking about their parents, about yeah, how their parents, how their don't parents understand, understand them, them and how they can't wait to move out. I'm just kidding. That's how, talking about like the, the kind of, kind of guy that they want to marry one day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it's crazy. Oh, I just described you. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then, and then he's talking to his friend. His friend goes, oh, you guys are totally friend zone. And that's why he hasn't made a move yet. Cause he's oh overthinking gosh. it. And then you're overthinking gosh. it and emailing into the it's crunch just, cast. I just what, what I need you to do is if you're listening to this. Pause the podcast. Call him. Go right to now. him. Go to him. Go to him. <laughs> Find a beach. Find a beach. Slow run to each other. Jump into each other's arms. Both of you I at the same time. I, jump into each other's arms. <laughs> I think the best advice. It's either on this podcast. It's <laughs> it's either run away uh-huh. or go or go to go him. to him. That's <laughs> go to him. <laughs> I think this is gonna be a new answer for every every question. Oh jeez. Go to him. <laughs> that's what that's what that's all that there is we'll sell I, th- I hope this helps we're not trying to we're not trying to blast you um but i you, mean you wrote in so. yeah the the people the people know what happens when they write in to dr Ethan's dating corner you you you're, yeah. you're standing you're standing on a on a uh in a gun range you're standing in a and yeah. i don't want to say it shoot never mind Shooting gallery? Shooting gallery. There you shooting go. Shooting gallery is better than a gun range because a shooting gallery is like fun and there's tin cans and a prospector. And, yeah, and Toy you know, Story. Fun... And, and, and Toy Story. The Toy Story shooting range at Disney World. Anyway, this is not a uh, I haven't been. But that's all for the podcast. Uh, man, what a day it's been. I don't understand how I don't have a bajillion Catholic match articles after Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Yeah, you can take all that for free. This is free content for you. I know, you. it's free Tell content, it. but it's just much more fun to talk about than write about, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because we, okay. we, can't, we can't have a goofy laugh at how hard it is to be single in your 20s or 30s or ever. Mm-mm. No. it's Patrick, I got to say, not very hard to be single in my 20s. Really? One of the best, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received was uh, I was like having really tough relationship things. Like Phoebe and I were going through a rough spot and I was talking to a professor friend of mine about it. And he was like, Patrick having I'm, a deep talk with your professor. I was having a deep talk with my professor about the Marianas Trent and the Loch Ness monster. And he was like, Patrick, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. I just got to be honest. I'm so glad that I'm married and I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. <laughs> and that's how I feel every week on Dr. Ethan's dating yeah. corner. <laughs> I'm so glad. Sorry, peons. I'm so glad that you're married. <laughs> Can we all can we all sit here and be happy for me, please? <laughs> Can't we? That's what this whole this whole project is for. That that's what the crunch was designed the podcasts for. Podcasts were made to make the hosts feel better about themselves. That's what it's for. Okay. All right, I gotta go to the bathroom. Your mid podcast uh, bathroom needs have have uh, <laughs> uh, have been given to me. I've been, been consuming a lot me. of fluids. What can I say? Um. Thank you all for listening. Facebook.com slash groups slash the Crunchcast. Join our Facebook group, patreon.com slash the crunch. If you want to support us on Patreon, get our exclusive Pixar movie reviews where we talk about why monarchies are actually good and why soul is really, really bad. <laughs> That's your tagline. That's great. Um, not an exaggeration at all. Support us on Patreon. Join us on the Facebook group. We're always always popping off in the Facebook group. Uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? 
the Loch Ness Monster is real, and he is a member of the Deep State. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.